Welcome to the Outrageous and Vulnerable Podcast, where shift happens. This is a podcast about shaking things up in parenting, education, disability, and beyond. I'm your host, Cynthia Coupe, parent, longtime disability advocate, and speech language pathologist. I can't wait to meet you on the front lines, of course. Hey, hello, this is Cynthia Coupe, and welcome to the Outrageous and Vulnerable podcast. Today, I am here with Jada, interviewing her. She is a mother to a four-year-old and 10-month-old twins. She's also married to a fellow Army soldier, and they've been married for nine years. They are reservists serving on active duty in the moment. She has had a very full, fun life, a lot of sports in her life. She played band, clarinet, drum major, senior year. Um, she works in finance. She has her BBA from the University of Houston, and she also has an MBA from Dallas Baptist University. So she works as a finance officer, a major in the U.S. Army, and she's been doing that for 20 years this summer. Um, she's also establishing her coaching, teaching, and mentoring platform called MIA, Master It All, in which she will have various programs under that umbrella, specifically for females to master their own lives. So uh, another exciting thing about Jada is she has two TEDx talks that she's been accepted into, and <laughs> we'll be doing those this year and I think early next year, if I remember correctly, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, you can find her on Facebook. I'll put the link in the podcast notes because it's nobody's going to be writing that down. <laughs> but I actually um, met, we have never met in person, but I met Jada through um, a, a TEDx platform that we're part of called Thought Leader. And um, I really liked what she has to say. I like her message. And I also, you know, um, want to talk to her about what it's like to raise her children where she is. She lives in a different part of the country than I do. I'm white. She's a person of color. And she's just very interesting. I feel like we have a lot of things that are really aligned. So you're going to kind of get to hear our conversation. So welcome, Jada. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. You are so welcome. So so what's it like to be a working mom of young kids these days? <laughs> yeah, because, you know, I'm saying, hey, ladies, you can master it all. You can you can do everything, you know, and maybe because my dad was like, mm-hmm. you're going to have to choose. Like, are you going to be a mom? Or are you going to have a mm-hmm. career? And I'm like, Psh, having everything. What are mm-hmm. you talking about? Yeah, yeah. But um, it is definitely challenging. But what I tell people when I go to job, I guess technically like job number two, because that supports job number one, which is mm-hmm. my family. Yeah. You know, so at the end of the day, I'm like, all right, y'all, I'm going to my second job, but it's the one that hugs me back, you know? And so mm-hmm. that balance, and I know that I don't have the capacity to be a stay-at-home mom. I applaud, mm-hmm. applaud, mm-hmm. applaud stay-at-home moms. Like y'all are your own whole like branch of superheroes, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, but that's not really my calling. And so I love that I can go and work. They get to go and and grow in their own ways. Mm -hmm. And then we get to miss each other and we come back and, you know, I'm just, it helps me stay in alignment though of why I do what I do and making sure I'm doing it right because those little eyes are watching. Yeah, I I agree with you 100%. I'm a working mom too. And I haven't been working full time since the pandemic because my daughter is in school. And um, the online school platform is just, it does not work for her. So I um, quit my full time job or I work for myself. I was actually working for a a school uh, at the time. And 
I'm homeschooling. I'm not homeschooling her. She's on independent study. Anyhow, whatever. But it's basically like homeschooling. The teacher right. gives us the work. I'm her teacher. And yeah, it's, um, it's intense. <laughs> <laughs> I do yeah. not envy you. So yeah. I'll take the 10 month old and the four year old. Yeah, yeah. That's right. I, mm, hats mm-hmm. off. But, but I agree like you, like I've always had, um, I always wanted kids and I always wanted a career and it was just like, well, you know, yeah, it's, it's, um, you know, there are definitely moments where it's hard to make it work, but, yeah. um, but I have so many questions. I think first, I actually really want to ask you about how did you decide to become a coach and what does that, you know, what does that mean for you? Um, and it's so interesting, right? So I kind of started thinking of it as like, oh, it's, it's going to be a little hobby. I'm just going to help people. Um, it's interesting how everything ties together to me in my life. Like I just did an article, they were asking for army soldiers to say like, why do you serve? And so I had to write a little blurb and I was just like, I have a servant's heart. Like that's my purpose. Mm-hmm. And it's now aligning with my passion. Mm. And um, I was like, okay, so I could just do this whole coaching thing and kind of help people and share my experience. But then I got stuck in my head. I'm like, who's going to listen to me? How am I validated to tell anybody anything? And then once I got out of my own way, I'm just like, hey, this is what I'm going to do. And oh, I can make this a business. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I can set myself up to have that freedom of flexibility, which is what I want, financial freedom and time freedom and all these things for when my babies are older and I need to be places with them. So it kind of changed from like kind of a hobby thing to a no, let's make it a business. But then going back to how can you serve people though? And once Mm -hmm. you get the serving part, the rest of it will come. So it really just kind of started as like, okay, what am I going to do with my life? I'm going to come out of the military at some point. So what am I going to do that's going to bring enjoyment and fulfillment? And how do I help somebody mm-hmm. else. So that's kind of how I, I got into it. And now I just feel like it's like full steam. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so prepare for that part. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. That's awesome. <laughs> that's great. And you're right. Getting out of your own way is really like mm. the most important and difficult thing that you can ever do. Right. Yes. Yeah. And it's yeah. like constant, right? Because as soon yeah. as you jump over a hurdle. You're like, okay, that's good. I'm good. And then another obstacle comes up, mm-hmm. you know, so just staying grounded and rooted in who you are. So mm-hmm. that's, yeah. that's vital for anybody. Absolutely. Yeah. Following your, your true North really, you know, and I think there's so many ways to do it. Right. Like I think actually there was another interview that I had with a, um, a business coach that I used to work with or a life coach, sorry. And, um, and we were just saying how, like, yeah, you have all these choices, like, and ultimately none of them are wrong, you know, right. like there's so many different ways to do it right. But, but, <laughs> you know, following your heart and and what you're really about is so, so very important. Yeah. So, okay. So originally I know that we, we talked a little bit before this interview last week and uh, yeah, anyhow, I really like what you had to say, but some of the questions that I had, and I, I just want to preface this with saying like, you know, obviously what I have to say, my opinions are just me. I'm not representing all of the white people out there. You're not representing all right. the people of color, but like, right. I think it's really good to hear different people's experiences. And yeah. um, so I'm wondering in this day and age, like, how is your experience with race or racism? Um, how is it a, and then B is that different than when you were younger? Like, um, so personally, and it's, it's, it's not really funny, but I guess it's funny to me in the sense that 
growing up, I had one teacher who, and it was in junior high, and he was going through, and it was geography or something, right? So he was asking everybody, like, where are you from or where are your people from? And I got ready to speak, and he was like, oh, I thought you would have been from California because of the way you talk. And I was oh, like, interesting. <laughs> hmm. Okay, let me go run home and tell that, you know. So my mom <laughs> went home and I'm like, he said I'm like a valley girl and blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, I guess now looking at it, you know, that seems very racist and it seems mm-hmm. very like stereotypical and it seems very mm-hmm. like, why would you think that's okay to say to like a 13 year old? Mm-hmm. Um, not appropriate. But my mom did go talk to him, you know, and that was squared away. Mm-hmm. So I had that situation. And then when I got to high school, I had one other situation again with the way that I speak. Right. So black people can't articulate mm-hmm. themselves, I guess is uh-huh. what they think. Right. So right. then you get one that can halfway speak. Right. And it's mm-hmm. like, Oh, you talk white. You think right. you're white. And I'm like, no, my parents just kind of corrected me and made sure I said, <laughs> Oh, well, you know, right. and that right. was from a black student. So oh, the couple of times that I've had dealt with, I guess, racism personally, mm-hmm. it was over that. And then mm-hmm. I had to realize, you know, my parents are like, hey, Jada, people are going to think whatever they want to think that has nothing mm-hmm. to do with you. And so I had to right. kind of get like, that's, that's what y'all think. And that's your issue. Right. And from whatever walk of life you had to deal with. Mm-hmm. So I guess maybe being in the military, um, I did do some stuff in corporate America. I did internships that sort of thing, I personally have not dealt with, quote unquote, like racism, like wow, personally. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know what that, what contributes to not sure. having to have dealt with that. Mm-hmm. And even now I don't, I haven't had any run-ins, but I would say my mindset is different. I guess I was a lot more naive because of where I was raised mm-hmm. and just the way that I was protected, sort of. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to, like, I played soccer. I was the only little black girl on the soccer mm-hmm. team, you know, and I'm, right, I'm right. playing like elite soccer and mm-hmm. and I'm going, I'm in the band at school playing mm-hmm. clarinet and I'm dr- so I'm going and I'm doing these different mm-hmm. exposures, you know. My parents mm-hmm. allowed me to go overseas and do a trip. Like, that oh, was cool. Awesome. And I was like, one yeah. of two. And that was really a money thing, right? Can your parents mm-hmm. afford to send you over there for yeah. <laughs> for a few weeks, right? Yeah. So being exposed to different things, I didn't see it or mm-hmm. it didn't like, and I'm very much that way, very tunnel vision. So if it mm-hmm. wasn't impacting me, mm-hmm. I kind of didn't deal right. with it. So right. fast forward though, to current times, I'm just mm-hmm. like, I'm sorry, what year is it? Mm-hmm. Wait, what do you mean this is happening in 2020 and 2021? Mm-hmm. And my husband, he's older than me. And so he he's 13 years older than me. Mm-hmm. And so he went to the University of Alabama and played football in the late 80s. Mm-hmm. And so he's right. sharing with me some stories. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, right? Like, mm-hmm. you're making mm-hmm. this up to have a good story. But because of everything that's going on, now you mm-hmm. have all these documentaries and things that are out. Yeah. And it's like, what do you wow. mean this young black guy was trying to help them and they murdered right. him? Because right, they're in the right. clan, and then his mom, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. this was like in the 80s. Yeah. I'm like, wow. wait, I was here. I was born. Yeah. 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 You think that's like so long back. So mm-hmm. I'm not experiencing it, but it definitely just makes me mm-hmm. open my eyes in a different way. And having mm-hmm. two little brown baby girls mm-hmm. and a little brown skinned boy, it mm-hmm. just makes me like, okay, we have to prepare them. Yeah. For life in mm-hmm. different ways. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we are in a position where we can send them to a great school and mm-hmm. a great daycare and, and give them those same experiences are hopefully mm-hmm. greater than what my parents gave me, but still have to teach them 
Right. You're still in this body, unfortunately. Right, right. Interesting. And that to me is sad. It's scary. It's just, mm-hmm. it's frustrating. Mm-hmm. So I haven't had to deal with it, but when I'm looking at the news and you're seeing things like I'm in the army, right? Right, right. Like I wear yeah. my uniform every day to work. Right. And I'm seeing on the news an officer. I'm an officer, mm-hmm. not enlisted. Yeah. Not that I mean, and I love the enlisted corps because they are the backbone of our army. I get it, you know. But the mm-hmm. fact that this young man was an officer, he was a lieutenant, and he's getting mm-hmm. pulled over and tasted. And yeah. what in your car? In your car, yeah. right? And y'all thought he was going to stop after we've seen everything. So it yeah. it makes me frustrated because I'm just like, we have to be better than this. Yeah, yeah. And that's what's hurtful. So not that I've had to deal with it, but you know. It just makes yeah. me look at things and like, how do we teach not only our kids, but how do we teach the parents yes. of yeah. our kids' friends? Because yeah, right. right now, my little four-year-old, her little best friend, and I shared this with you, blonde hair, blue eyed, mm-hmm. fair skin, and they're like, that's my sister. Mm-hmm. And it's so innocent and it's so beautiful. And mm-hmm. that's where I think we're at, where we have to to get yeah. to ch- make the change. Absolutely. Changes we need. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Do you, so a couple of questions, like one, where did you grow up? Okay. So I grew up in Arlington, Texas. So that's okay. near Dallas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm always like the mean streets of Arlington, like <laughs> <laughs> where, mm-hmm. and we weren't even like, I mean, I guess middle yeah. class, you know, but not like overly yeah. big homes or anything like that, sure. you know, but, um, yeah. And I'm, crime is everywhere, you know, but I did, I was not exposed to that. So I grew up in Arlington um, and I played soccer primarily in Dallas. Mm -hmm. Now I did play with some really rich people. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I got to see that side of the coin. I'm like, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then your husband, like, my husband is also 13 years older than me, actually. (laughs) Yeah, he is. And um, so do you feel like he has any different, like, fears or... I don't know, ideas or, or worries or even hopes than you do based on how his experience was different for him growing up? Oh gosh. Okay. So he grew up in Miami. Now this was like, I think like everything he tells me, I'm like, Mm -hmm. are you (laughs) like our first date, real talk with all y'all. We're sitting here at this real, at Shula's, I think that's what it was, steakhouse Mm -hmm. in Birmingham. And it's like delicious food. And you know, I'm nervous and I was going to cancel. And he was like, you better be legend and cancel because we wouldn't be together. And I'm like, whatever. (laughs) Um, and he starts talking and Cynthia, I'm like, where is Ashton Kutcher? Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Like, are you for real? Like, am I hearing you? So he was telling me about like growing up in Miami, Uh like when Uh like cocaine and all of that, like built their skyline, you know, and he's like, people are getting shot down in the street and you know, and so Mm -hmm. he comes from the, I lost friends. Wow. Early in life. Mm-hmm. I didn't, th- he personally didn't think he was going to live to see mm-hmm. like 25. And I'm like, yeah. Okay, dude, not my experience. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Cannot relate to you. Right. Um, and then to go to Alabama in the late eighties where we just talked wow. about that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, his view is very different, mm-hmm. but I think he's just more of the, I'm going to teach you kids how to be able to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> protect yourself. Right. Right. You know? So mm-hmm. I think he will come at it more of like, mm-hmm. here's how you protect yourself. And I'm going to come more from probably like, let's be politically correct and let's do mm-hmm. the right things and mm-hmm. let's just make it home alive. Right. 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 So, Interesting. Yeah. 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 So hopefully they'll be re- well-rounded, you know? 
Yeah, right, right. Well, and that's, you know, I think from my perspective too, like, so I grew up in California. I grew up in rural Northern California, uh, basically like totally white and not rich white. I mean, yes, there are some people that are better off than others, but like demographic wise, like it's a very poor area. A lot of people haven't gone to college, you know, most people graduate high school, but you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's just demographically, it was a a working class. There was, you know, fishing and and timber. So pretty much that's, you know, and then there was pot growing, right? So like the rich people grew the pot The you know, everybody else like worked in either the hospital, the lumber mills or like uh, the fisheries. Right. So, however, even though it was very white, um, at least where I grew up, I grew up in the more of the hippie area of this town. Uh, people were just so accepting. Like we really looked at people for who they were, you know, kind of like how you've described your kids. Like, are they nice? Great. Then I like them. Are they not nice? No, I don't like them. And so I had the opportunity as a kid, we moved actually to San Francisco when I was seven, I think. Mm. And we moved to like, I don't know, a neighborhood where I definitely went to an inner city school. Like there was no playground, right. It was just like blacktop and like, you'd figure out your own games. And I pretty much was one of the only white kids. I think there was one other white kid in my class. And mm. like, I didn't notice. I had like, I, I didn't notice. Like I, I was picked on on the playground a lot. I got picked on, but other people would stand up for me. Like I remember, you know, specifically this one day, these, these black girls came up and like took my shoe and they were like throwing it around. And I was just like, what am oh, I going to do? And like, you know, then this other, like, you know, older black boy came over and he's like, you are not going to mess with her. You know, and he like gave me back my shoe and I was like, thank you. But I literally had no idea how much I stuck out until I got my school photos back. You know how like, it's like, and I was like, well, how, how long is it going to take me to find me? Cause usually I'm like searching through a bunch of white kids and like, right. I was like, Oh, <laughs> oh there I am. <laughs> you know, but it was, it was, I mean, you know, it wasn't like at that age, it wasn't like, oh my gosh, this is what, you know, but it it was just, it was a great experience, I think for me just to see another way of living. And that doesn't mean like another race, but just, you know, what an inner city school is like, as opposed to like my nice little neighborhood school where I knew everybody and we had like fun play equipment and, you know, uh, stuff like that. And then, you know, I also remember when I was in high school, um, I was looking at colleges on the East Coast in uh, North Carolina, and my sister lived in South Carolina. So my mom flew out and uh, we rented a car. My mom didn't have any money. So she just found like the cheapest place to rent a car, which happened to be like, uh, you know, a black neighborhood. So we we went there to rent the car and like, you know, the the car rental guy was just kind of looking at us like, what are you guys doing here? But, <laughs> you know, my mom is like, you know, very kind and, and um you know, very accepting too. And like over, you know, she grew up actually with a lot of racism, uh, you know, around her, like knowing that like, you know, it wasn't okay to talk to people of another race or, but I mean, she never felt that way. She was just hyper aware of it and like right. has worked very hard to be exactly the opposite of that. You know, so, yeah. so, you know, we rented our car and it was definitely like, yeah, a different experience. You know, there's like a rag in where you would put the oil, right. There wasn't like the top they'd lost the it, so <laughs> the rag in there. And then, you know, we went to the grocery store uh, to get food for our trip. And again, so we were, you know, in a non-white neighborhood and, you know, my mom was like, just be, you know, very kind, smile at everybody (laughs) and be nice. And I'm thinking like, you know, I grew up in California, like racism doesn't exist. I don't know what you're talking about. It's gone, you know? 
And uh, not true at all, right? So we like walk into the grocery store and I just remember this little girl on the way and she's like, white honky? You know, and I was like, what? Like, I had no idea people, st- I, like, I, it was such an eye opener for me because, you, yeah. you know, you read about it. Like, I read about it, but I really didn't know it was alive and well because of where I grew up. Yeah. And so I feel like that experience really stuck with me and in a positive way, you know, it was like, this is real. Like, like where I live and my experience is like, so, <laughs> so jaded, right? Like, like uh, Pollyanna, right. It's like, it's right. fine. We all get along. Like, you know, <laughs> like my experience hasn't, you know, I, however, I have definitely seen, um, you know, right, well, so my sister's husband, ex-husband now, but we went out to, um, to dinner and the, the bus boy was, you know, a black person and he came and filled up my water and I thanked him. And my sister's husband was like, you don't ever say thank you, you know, to like a person of color, essentially. And I was what like, what year was this? Uh, 1991. Oh my God. 1991. And I was just like, he just filled up my water for me. I'm going to say thank you to him. And, and my sister was like, she's from California, Bell. She's from California. She doesn't understand. And I was like, no, I don't understand. You know? So it was just, it was like this, and, you know, maybe he's just one horrible person that, like, exists. But I know that there's a lot more people that are like that. And and it's both sides, right? Oh, it's it both sides. It is I both mean, sides. even you saying that little girl saying that yeah. to you. And that's yeah. why, as parents, we have to be so intentional and so careful yes. in what we expose them to, whether it's media or it's our personal right. biases, right? Yeah. Because of our experiences. Yes. Because they learn yeah. it from somewhere. Right. Totally. Exactly. And yeah. it's all races, you know, and it is. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I think too, it's like teaching our kids and I don't know if this is really the right word, but what came up for me was like curiosity, like rather than an assumption or a, you know, but like, let's teach them about curiosity because I think, you know, everybody can like, that helps no matter what, right. If you're fighting mm-hmm. with your spouse and you're just like, you did this thing. Okay, if you're curious, you know, like, oh, yeah. what prompted you to do this thing? Right. You know, then, like, Explain it to me because yeah, I'm not exactly. understanding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, I feel like at least for a lot of the, I mean, a lot of people I know, or myself included, I'll just speak for myself, I feel like, you know, sometimes um, I just don't want to get it wrong, right? Like, I want to, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, what can I, what can I do? But like, how can I do it right? And I think that that's such a, that's like getting in your own way. Yeah. You know, and I, you know, and and you and I talked about it, and I just had an interview um, for a position for mm-hmm. for work, and they basically were like, "Hey, have you ever worked with somebody that's hard to get along with? Like, how do you deal with someone who's hard to get along with?" Right, right. And in that situation, or in any situation, like you and I, it's a human. El- bring just the human yeah. element back yep. to it. Mm-hmm. Strip everything else away and look at that person as a as someone's child, as someone's mm-hmm. mother, brother, sister, cousin, God, whatever, like whatever yeah. it is, like they are a person. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Did none of us ask to be here? Right, right. But we're here. So who said it was on you to mistreat them? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let there be Absolutely. a human element. And then you know, if you're like, well, how do I work? How do I? not offend somebody or, or mm-hmm. what do I do or how do I help? Like, mm-hmm. let's all just be human about it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, totally. Let's have yeah. compassion. Like mm-hmm. why can't that instead of the big C being can't be have compassion. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. 
I agree. And, you know, I think we were also talking about this when we talked before, too, about like, I think as humans, you know, we're we're evolving into like just another way of of being. And yes, compassion is like such a big part of it and acceptance and like, you know, gender fluidity, whatever, racial fluidity, like even like, you know, neurodiversity, all of that. It's just like, this is just a human and this is how they are. And like, let's get to know them and help them. Or like you said, go back to just being curious, like ask a question so you can be educated. So then you can make a (laughs) non-ignorant. Right. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Assumption or remark Uh or Uh action or what, like ask the question. So then you can be a better person. Right. Right. Absolutely. I think, yeah, I think there's so much fear again, you know, fear of getting Mm. it wrong or fear of like offending somebody or, you know, and I think even, I mean, I don't know for myself, I would hope if I was in that situation, I could be brave enough to say, I have a lot of fear about this and I don't really want to get it wrong, but like, I really want to, you know, be there or I want to support or, you know, um, I think there's a lot of, of talk too about like moving from being an advocate to being an ally. Right. So rather Mm -hmm. than being like, yeah, Hey, I support you. You know, that's kind of how we like, separate ourselves still, right? Rather than like stepping up and and doing whatever I'm that next you. thing is. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And really just um moving forward with that, right? Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like don't come yeah. in and feeling like you have to fix it. Just just right. be there. Like I yes. if we're together and <laughs> someone says something crazy to me, mm-hmm. you know, not like you have to jump in and fight them, but it's right. like you can say something, you can help diffuse a situation. Mm-hmm. You can be yeah. like, Hey, Jada, let's go check this. Out. Like there's different yeah. things that we can do because yes. some people, you just have to leave them where they're at. Right. Right. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So we can't fix everybody. Mm-hmm. And it's not about fixing. I think it's just about being, being aware mm-hmm. and doing what you can when you can. And yes. I think honestly, if it comes from an authentic place, mm-hmm. yeah, then the person should receive that. And it doesn't mean that that's a right or wrong, but if it's authentic and you're like, this was my intention, I wasn't trying to escalate the situation. That's all I can ask. Mm -hmm. And -hmm. I would hope the same vice versa. Like if we're somewhere and it's like a bunch of black people and they're looking Mm -hmm. like, I should, I should do something to help that situation. Right. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, I too, I think you can never be too kind, right? I mean, you can, I guess, but, but, you know, just, just um, with all humans, right? Like hold the door open for somebody, no matter who they are, or, yeah. you know, say, how are you doing? Or, you know, what, whatever it is like, yeah. but, I, but I do like, I, we were talking about this before too. Like, mm-hmm. I think that our next generation, so like your children and, and mine, I feel like they're born, you know, innately like just more aware and more accepting. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, you know, like my daughter has said some things like, well, that's racist. Like she'll read something in a book or she'll, you know, um, and it's not like directly racist. It might be like, maybe somebody's like, oh, you know, the, I mean, this is racist, but like the Mexicans next door. Right. But, but they're not saying it to be racist, but like, there's no need to say that. Like it could just be the people next door. The neighbors or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And she'll be like, that's racist, you know, and, and whoever would say that would be like, what, what? But like, she wasn't taught that she just innately is like aware that like, that's unnecessary, you know? And so I, I love that, you know, and I get it. mm -hmm. They get it. And like we said, we as adults need to be more like them because they're definitely curious, you know I mean? As parents, 
Especially mm-hmm. moms, it's like, okay, don't ask me why one more time, right? Like yeah. they just keep drilling down. Why, 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 yeah. why, why? Right, right. Exactly. But they're trying to learn. So this is mm-hmm. our opportunity yeah. to pour in the right things. Yeah, exactly. Whatever exactly. right is for us. But like, I think if we mm-hmm. all just went back to make it a human thing, not a black mm-hmm. thing, not a white thing, a woman or right. trans or whatever, like, yeah, exactly. Let's make it a human thing. Then they're mm-hmm. all playing. By the same set of yeah. rules, right? Yeah, exactly. And and moving into being in the learner's mind, right? Yeah. Which is where our kids are. Yeah. So <laughs> we can be there too. Right. But you know, <laughs> after so many classes, you're kind of like, oh God. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But we cannot be that. We should <laughs> be know. forever yeah. learners. Yeah. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Never stop learning. Uh-huh. And be open to, I would say, whoever's listening, you know, you and I talked about this. Mm-hmm. Be open to who teaches you. Because yes. you've learned from your baby girl. I've, mm-hmm. I've definitely learned from my little baby girl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, be open because everybody can come from a different point of view and you might yes. learn something and you can yeah. go and implement that and right. make something better. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so I want to ask you a little bit about your coaching okay. program too, like just shifting okay. a little awesome. bit here. But yeah, I want to know what... So tell me more about females mastering their lives. Like, what does that look like? <sighs> right. Because yeah. we're always trying to do all the things. All the so things. I will start with that. <laughs> yeah. um, and even with me in this program, I'm trying to do mm-hmm. all the things. But <laughs> I don't know how many coaching programs you've done, but it's always like, start with one thing. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, cool. I'm going to start mm-hmm. with one thing. But then from that one thing, all these other things, especially now that we're into this TEDx arena, right? So they're like, right. you, can't, you can't talk on the same thing twice. So then you're like, right. okay, well, let oh, me no. start yeah. dissecting, right? <laughs> um, but the program originally I wanted to do like with working moms, right? Mm-hmm. So let me kind of teach you what I've learned, some tips and tricks and, and whatever, like to be a, a working mom. So that is a program that eventually I will flush out. So it's going to be my balance method. So mm-hmm. it's an acronym and it will go through things for that. Um, but a coach of mine was like, well, I think you're passion is kind of with your military stuff. Mm-hmm. So I have a program um, that I'm going to focus on first. Mm-hmm. It's my about face. And I don't know if it's going to be a boot camp, but it's a 12 week program where I will go through and just kind of teach females that have a desire or questioning or want to go into the military and kind of be that liaison between their goals and creating a roadmap getting them in and then for them to execute that. So Mm. I really haven't seen a lot of people. Yes, we do have Mm -hmm. recruiters. I am not recruiting. I am not coming to get your girls. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But if they have that desire to serve, then I want to help them because I had the same thing with my dad. He sat down Mm -hmm. and I I pretty much got everything I I wanted. So, um, but how do we do that? Right. And so the other talk is going to be kind of like basically the same, but not geared on the military Mm -hmm. for the other talks that I'm doing. Um, but basically I'm focusing on females, you know, so like our, our girls that are starting their freshman year Mm -hmm. and let's get you on a good foundation. Like your grades are going to start counting. Do you want to go to college? College isn't for everybody. So what is it Mm -hmm. that you want to do? Let's map that out so that you have a a plan, have a roadmap and then to help their support system. So, um, I have a mentor kind of. A mentoring. So coaching, yeah. teaching, mentoring, which mm-hmm. is what we say in the army. Yeah. So I, I just want to do that and to be mm-hmm. a liaison. So if it's someone mm-hmm. who, you know, if I come across it, if I go through, you know, what you're experiencing, or mm-hmm. if I have another mama friend that's experienced, like we should be connecting each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So again, just yeah. trying to serve. And so, but mm-hmm. I want to start with our girls, you know, because yeah. men, not that they have it all figured out, but let's, let's give our girls a, a leg up if we yeah. can. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So master it all, you know, maybe you want to master cooking. Okay. That clearly is not my forte either, but I could probably <laughs> hook you up with someone who can help you with right, that, you right. know, or we talked about mindset. I want to do mm-hmm. one because I got cert, um, certified in um, EFT, NLP, mm. oh, cool. um, hypnotherapy, time mm-hmm. technique, and mm-hmm. um, as a life and success coach. So I, I was certified in those. And so I want to have my believe in yourself program, right? Mm-hmm. So like an mm-hmm. eight week program, and we will teach you and get you past some of the roadblocks so that you can just yeah be more fruitful in whatever it is that mm-hmm. you want to do. So MIA, master it all, whatever yeah. that is. What is your dream? Yeah. What is your desire? You know, and it's never too late. And I right. would say, no, I don't it's think it's not. ever too early. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that too. Yeah. Absolutely. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. And yeah, I've definitely done uh, some coaching <clears throat> programs. I, I did one, the most recent one I did is something called mastery or mastery and transformational training. It's MITT and it's, it's a uh, based in California, but it's in other places too. And it it's, um, transformational workshop, you know, you start off with like a three day really intensive program and then you do a five day, you know, really intensive, meaning like, you know, 12 to 15 hours a day for, you know, three or four days. And then, um, I went into a, a, was it nine months, six months? I don't know. It felt like a long time, but it was definitely like several months, September or October until January. So maybe it was only like four months, but, um, yeah. And then, you know, completed that. And that was also very intensive, but, you know, just a lot of like personal growth and development. And then they have other programs that you can take, which I, I was taking them and I was signed up for them, but then everything went online and like, it just, it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't work as well for me, like because of the background of my life, it's, it's much harder than it is just to like fly on a plane Go. down to Los Angeles. <laughs> and be, you know, on Get my it own. Done. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, anyhow, but definitely that that's a lot of it is like getting past your own limitations. Yep. Believing in yourself, like, you know, learning how to like, understand, like we are all source and we can, you know, we can, we can do it. We just have to believe that we can do it and then yep. we can. So yes. I think all of those coaching things, like what you'll be doing along the way is so vital and helpful. And yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. And so girls, that's the, yeah, that's the, the passion, you know, and I think the purpose, as I was saying on one of my mm-hmm. lives last night, you know, it's like, I think we're here to serve people and we're yeah. here to, to help people and, aligning that purpose of mind to the passion of Mm -hmm. wanting to pour into specifically right now, those females and getting that together Mm -hmm. and getting that out is, um, that's the goal, right? And then then, yes, to you and your audience, like, I'm still going to have to work through that mindset because when, because you know, we have to put it out there. So when it is successful, yeah, I want to just be prepared. And I believe that I will be given what I need it or need. Mm-hmm. to give to them because, yeah. you know, I think I'm in alignment with what I was sent yeah. here to do. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, that's when, you know, is when things start, you know, falling together and opening up. But isn't it so scary and crazy? Yeah. You're like, wait a minute, I'm not ready. Yes, yeah. You are ready. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, like you were saying, it's less of a fear of, um, 
failure, failure and more of a fear of success. Right. And I think, I don't know, I could be wrong, but I feel like women probably have more of a fear of success than men do. do Absolutely. You know, you know? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But we think it's failure that we're worried about. Absolutely. Cause you know, again, going back to these, well, I'll say my old man, I won't put your man in there, but you know, these 13 year old, <laughs> you know, he's kind of like in a different place. Like I want to yeah. retire and I want to kind of yes. reset. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I just hit 40. Like I'm ready yeah. to go and I still have things to do, you know? And so it's like, so mm-hmm. if I do all these things yeah. and I'm successful, are you going to be okay with that? Right. Yes. But ladies, whoever's listening, that's another mindset block. Yes, it'll be is. okay. Yes, exactly. They'll adjust. They'll they will be for fine. It. They will be fine. He's going to be like, oh, you got another check? Okay, yeah. yeah. Go on yeah, out there. Exactly. You know what? I can stay retired. And you're like, that's great. Because <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. a few years ago, he's like, yeah, I'm going to be a house husband. Um, I don't remember us putting that in the contract. Yeah, exactly. I don't remember that in the vows. <laughs> yeah, right. That's so funny because, yeah, uh, like I said, mine's 13 years older than me. So I'm 46. almost 47. He just turned 60. And, you know, we've only been together for five years. So like we just got married in November and thank you. And, um, you know, he, he says, you know, you are a go-getter. Like you have so many things you want. I remember being that age and, you know, (laughs) being a go-getter, but like, you know, I was like kind of thinking about retirement when I met you, like, you know, I could see it wasn't that far down the road and like, well, one year after we got together, we started a business. You know, so now like we you had a baby. Business. Yeah. There well, yeah, exactly. Now we should right. Doing, right? <laughs> and um yeah, we had our baby, the business, and yeah, and you know, he always wanted to be a dad, but uh, you know, he and his ex-wife weren't able to have children, so mm-hmm. um they didn't. And now he gets to be a dad, you know, so like all of these things that like he imagined would have happened much younger. And right. like your husband too, he's like, you know, he made it through the eighties, the crazy eighties. And was just like, I never, you know, he never thought that he would live this long either. He's like, I didn't know that I'd make it to 30. And I'm like, and I'm like you, I'm like, what are you talking about? Like 30 was when I thought things would start, you know? Right. (laughs) Right. What are you talking? Right. Like by 30 though, like if I'm not married and starting to have kids, like you have an issue. (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. Ladies don't fall for that either. Don't fall fall for that either. either. Oh, that's gosh. right. Exactly. Don't fall for that. It's a trap. Mm-mm. You can do it however you want to do it. Like however there's no right want. way and there's no wrong way, you know? Um, yeah, exactly. And so, yeah. So it's like, we're cruising through this life and I honestly would be totally overjoyed if, you know, my alignment took off and he was able to not work. Right. But at the same token, like what, what we are passionate about, you know, what we do is, is like in alignment for both of us. And I feel like, you know, like we still keep on getting all these opportunities, even though neither one of us are business people. So we've had a really hard time with like, oh, oh my gosh, you know, we did this bank thing wrong or we did this, like we have messed it up so bad. And yet like everything keeps on coming together. Just like, it's going to work out. Those are just practice runs. (laughs) Those are just practice runs. Right. And so we're like, learning and growing. And like, I just feel like, you know, our combination of skills and, and our, you know, uh, alignment of interests has, it's just really powerful and it keeps on unfolding, you know? And I'm like, I want it to come on, come on, come on. I'm ready. Like more, 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 you know? So, um, it's, yeah, you know, it's amazing. But you know, I'm going to say, I bet it's going to happen like this. We have to keep in touch. It's probably going to be like, you want it right now, but mm-hmm. you're setting your foundation so strong because yeah. when it does kick off, 
right. probably can de- then choose to not be mm-hmm. there because you might be all over the world. Right. Speaking. Exactly. Yeah. And then yeah, your baby yeah. girl is like where she's self-sufficient yeah. enough. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's all yeah. timing. And it is. The divine timing is better than ours. We just have to keep doing our pieces and doing our exactly. parts. So yes. it will work yes, out. Yes. Exactly. I was actually, we were talking about this with my daughter last night. I was like, you know, here's the thing about manifestation. Like you can do it. Everybody can do it. Yeah. You have to believe that you can do it, but you also have to do the work for it. So you can't just sit there and be like, I wish I had a million dollars because right. it's not going to land on your lap. And that doesn't mean you're a bad manifester. It just means you haven't been doing the work. But you could wish that you had a million dollars and then follow something, you know, follow what you're interested in, even if you have no idea how that's going to make you money or be interesting to any other person or any of it. You just, you know, and then you, and then you work towards it and like your course may change, but it's all information. You know, it's all like I think about my career, like I've been a speech therapist for almost 20 years and worked in that field for I mean, a long time, like 30, you know, that's, I've always wanted to work with kids with, with autism actually, or kids, um, with various communication challenges. So I have been doing that forever. And what I've done in that has totally changed. Like I work with, you know, the birth to three, or I work with adults or I work in the schools or I work for myself or like, Mm -hmm. I'm interested in this aspect or that aspect, but like every single thing that I've done has had a thread and has like, care, you know, I was like, Oh, that's why I did that thing way back there. That like, didn't seem like it mattered. Right. You know, a lot of times it does not make sense, but when you learn to just trust it and to go with it. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. But, and then so perfect your coaching and your, like what you're doing is going to help these girls that you're going to be working with, you know, be like, okay, great. Here's rather than feeling scattered or feeling like you don't have anything. You know, I think that's the other one. Like I always knew what I wanted to do. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know about speech therapy until I was in college actually, (laughs) but like, I knew that I wanted to work with that population. So for me, that was really lucky because I feel like it was, that's what kept me going through some, you know, some hard things. Like my parents didn't have money to send me to college. You know, I had like my friends all partied in high school, like, you know, whatever it was, it was like, no, no, I know I'm going to college because I want this thing. What I, I don't know what it is, but I have to work with these people and like, I'm going to get there. And so that kept me focused. But then there are other people that are like, I have no idea what I want to do. And not again, like neither one of them is better than the other. Like sometimes I wish I didn't know because you know, <laughs> I could be like, I don't know, a food editor, you know, like traveling the world and eating all the time. <laughs> so yum. That yeah, would be right? probably yeah, because I yeah. promise like this army thing. I'm like, I'm never going in. You know, mm. my brother was 10 and a half or is 10 and a half years older than mm-hmm. me. And I was in sixth grade. He enlisted. Uh-huh. And I remember us taking him to Dallas to the to the Greyhound bus station, and I'm just thinking, you know, trying not to cry, and right? Thinking like, oh my gosh, what if yeah. someone gets mad and, and gets a gun and, and shoots him? Like, right. you don't right. know, you don't know what yeah, you, don't you don't know, know. Right. right? And so then when we went to his graduation, and his drill sergeant drill sergeants are like yelling in his face, and I'm like, don't yell at my brother, you know. <laughs> They're like, you're I'm next. never yeah. doing this. I know. I'm like, no, <laughs> never. And then, you know, fast forward and my dad's like, yeah. go check out ROTC. And I go, we're rappelling off the football stadium and I'm doing FTXs, field training exercises and learning 
survival techniques and, and learning all of these things that have definitely made me who I am being mm-hmm. disciplined and, yes. and being committed and, and yeah. understanding what that takes. And yep, right. there is hard work that you have to pour into mm-hmm. and knowing you have a mission that you're trying to accomplish and mm-hmm. how you get there. Cause like you said, yeah. it may not be a straight line, right? but right. you're going to learn and you're going to get there. And as long yeah. as you accomplish that mission, then mm-hmm. great mission yeah. success and you're good. So, um, to, yeah. Almost be at 20 years in, in August. I'm like, this yeah. was not yeah, the life had you asked me. So <laughs> you're talking to someone yeah. who was like, I thought I was going to go to corporate, like be in corporate America. I went to go to mm-hmm. law school and yeah, nope. Nope. Yeah, exactly. Nope. Like, but I did want to be married and I did want to have kids and yeah. Uncle Sam still provided that. So there you go. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, and be careful of those nevers, right? Like, huh. I feel like my endeavors with college, I was like, I'm never going to go. There was this junior college in my town that like, long story, but for, since I was little, I was like, I am never going to that college because my stepmom went there, but it was far away and we had to visit her. It was boring. Right. And then there's another (laughs) school that we would drive by all, you know, I'm never going there. And then there's another one. I am never, those are the three call the three main ones that I ended up going to like, you know, I am never. And then I'm like, Oh wow. I really, you know, I knew I was going to go. You're like, I'm going, but I'm not telling anyone. Yeah. Yeah. So anyhow, well, thank you so much. Do you have anything more that you want to say? Um, no, I just definitely appreciate this. I think as we've touched on, you know, in terms of, you know, racism, I think we all just have to be now that, you know better, you're supposed to do better. Right. So maybe that's what we need to go by as people. Um, I think as moms, it's, it's on us to teach our babies the way in which they should go. Cause that's what the Bible says, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Teach a child the way they should go. Um, and with us, I think don't limit yourselves and don't let anyone limit you, you know, figure out what your passion is, what your purpose is. Mm -hmm. And, um, if you want to learn how to master it, let me know. Yeah, absolutely. I'll put the links. I will put the link in Um, for your Facebook page. Yeah, but I'm so excited. I'm so glad I met you. I I believe that everything happens for a reason. I'm very much that type of person. And um, I can't wait to see how you flourish. And, you know, if something for some reason with my babies, I know I have, you know, a resource. Yes, you do. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think I would just leave it with yeah. that. Like, Hey, you never know who or why something happens, but embrace yeah. it and mm-hmm. um, put it in your kit bag as we say in the army and, yeah. and just keep pressing forward. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. And if I can do anything, you just let me know, you know how to reach me. I will. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Outrageous and Vulnerable podcast with your host, Cynthia Coupe. Don't forget to comment, rate, subscribe, and share this with people you love, people you like, even people you don't like so much. And remember, do something outrageous and vulnerable, of course.